Welcome back to another episode of School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined, uh, as always, by Matthew Chandler. And this week, uh, we have Ian Decker back on with us because there's some big women's news to talk about. Obviously, the uh, FA Cup women's uh, final uh, was this past weekend. Uh, before we get to that, Ian, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you. It's, it's you know, obviously... A disappointing result for the women, but still, uh, you know, great for them to be here and great for us to be talking about this in the first place. Um, obviously, uh, if you watch the game, Everton losing to Man City 3-1 in extra time. Um, the goals for Man City came from Sam Mewis, uh, Georgia Stanway, and Janine Becky. Um, the goal for Everton from Valerie Gauvin. Um, it was a header from Izzy Christensen's corner. Um you know, Man City retained the FA Cup. Ian deserves winners. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely fair to say. Um, you know, from the onset of the game, City were dominant in possession, um, and when Everton did have the ball, City were clogging the lanes. Their midfield was very strong, and Everton really struggled to work the ball up the field. Um, and the, the midfield couldn't keep possession, and so City. On the few op, you know chances that they lost the ball, they they were able to pin Everton in and and maintain possession, and then that kind of carried throughout the game. City were the better team; they generated more shots, they had more possession, um, and and they had the better chances. Um, but that's not to say that Everton didn't have some chances. They they had some opportunities that um, Elu Roebuck made several uh, quite strong saves and. You know, there were a couple shots that went just wide and the timing was just a bit off. So um, Everton had chances, but City were definitely the better team. Matthew, anything to add to that? Um, I just wanted to ask Ian whether he, he felt like... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know whether... I guess it's kind of a pre-match question now, but were you surprised at all that uh, Everton were a kind of seen as underdogs considering how well they started the season? And B, also just like, because I think we agree Man City would deserve winners. Were you, were you kind of disappointed at all by Evans' performance? I know they had chances, but obviously, I think as we'll get on to, probably Sandy Mackay giving goal was probably Evans' best player. Yeah, were you I, kind of surprised, disappointed by any of that? Yeah, I, I think going into the match, you know, of course, Everton's uh, league record has been phenomenal. And they've, and, and their league play as well, not just in the FA Cup, but in the Continental Cup. Um, other than, you know, the, the Continental Cup, they lost to City, where I think some of that kind of underdog factor comes in where they did lose 3-1 in a match where uh, Willie Kirk was experimenting with a 3-4-3 and, and City's wingers gave Everton's back three uh, a, a ton of problems. But I think going into the match, you know, the, the win, the quarterfinal win in the FA Cup against Chelsea, I think was an example of, of how good of a team Everton is. They, they went down within five minutes and then they fought back and they ended up winning the game. And for a lot of, a lot of periods in that, in that match against Chelsea, they dominated possession and, and they held possession and, and they countered well. And, and then they, when they were asked to defend, they defended. And so I was, I think a lot of it comes from a, the continental continental cup loss and, and B city kind of being seen as one of the top three but I think Everton are definitely breaking that mold of, of there's kind of this top five forming. 
So in that sense, I, I was a little bit surprised going into the game to say that Everton were underdogs, but, um, and then, and then of course, obviously very disappointed as, as the game wore on Gavin's equalizing goal was, was really exciting. And then when they went to extra time, you know, I, I thought maybe that they could um, see out the pressure and make it to, to penalty kicks, but, but of course it wasn't to be. Uh, obviously, you know, Sandy McIver has been and was, was phenomenal in goal, you know, star player probably for, for Everton in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in the match recaps, I do, I, I named three stars and, and she was the first star. Um, you know, she, she came up big time and again, and there was one point even when uh, a ball kind of fell into the, to the center of, of the box and uh, Ellen White had a chance uh, McIver parried it away, and then um, Chloe Kelly had had a point blank shot, and McIver saved it. And the replay showed Kelly's face, and and she was, you know, she was looking up and just thinking, "What more do I need to do to score?" Um, and so, I think that on on all of the goals as well, that you know, McIver couldn't have done much more. Mewis's header, it was poor defending, and and Mewis was left wide open. Stanway. I was going to ask about that one. Like, yeah, they had a really good game, Danny McIver, so I don't want to be sound too negative. But the second one, the Stanway goal, do you think maybe she got caught in a post to be there, didn't she? I think? I think a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, and and she was maybe a fraction of a second too late to get, to get off her line. Um, Stanway made a brilliant run, and Jess Park found her in between the the defense. But um, you know, as you're right. You know, to be to be nitpicky, it's it's a shame because she kept she kept she kept them in the game absolutely, and and you know it just took one one moment, um, you know, and and the shot glanced off the post. You know, you have another you know six inches to the to the right, and it's bouncing off the post back to McIver, or it's going out of bounds. Um, so maybe a little bit slow off her line, but unlucky to see that one go in. What do you uh, think is like the aim for the rest of the season now? Then just Champions League qualification still obviously that they can't start much better so I guess do you think maybe it's too soon to talk about going for the league and maybe Champions League is still kind of within their grasp I think that's fair um yeah. I think that you know the you know much like the prime the WSL is very unpredictable and it has been this season um you know Arsenal have lost to um big clubs, City have lost, Chelsea have lost, um, United lost to, you know, Liverpool in the Continental Cup uh, about a month ago. And so Everton are in the mix. If they can get a result here and there, they, the, the teams that they've played to start the season, um, you know, they have not seen any of the, the big three in, in the league so far. So I think that those will be uh, real challenges. But again, there are games that are winnable. But I, I, I do think that right now it's expectation should be tempered a little bit in terms of talking about the league. I think top three is certainly doable, especially when you think about the, the camaraderie around the team. They, the, their last game, their last league game against Brighton, the 2-2 draw was probably their worst outing of, of the season in terms of the league. They gave up a 70th minute goal. Their defense didn't look very strong and, and they failed to really spark anything going forward. But, you know, everything, and then, of course, the, the defeat in the final on Sunday. But the, the, the atmosphere around the team is, is very positive. And, you know, it's, it's a, yes, we didn't have our best game. We didn't play very well. But, you know, I mean, Kirk's quotes after the game said it all. He's proud of the players. 
you know, their, their preparations were, were impeccable. Um, it's been a fantastic experience being with the players. They'll be back at Wembley. So despite some, some heartbreaking losses, the, the team energy is, is a very positive one. And I think that bodes really well for finishing at least in the top three. Is this a team that can get back to Wembley? Definitely. Definitely. Um, the more time that this team has to gel, the more time they have to work together, uh, the more experienced they become. And, and a lot of these teams are, are breaking through with their national teams. You look at McIver is in the mix for England goalkeeper. Um, Rika Savik is, is a starting center back for uh, Denmark. And Sorensen is, is on the wing for Denmark. Gauvin, of course, is the number one. She's, she's a nine for France. Um, Lucy Graham and Claire Emsley for Scotland. I mean, the list goes on. And so not only will the team have more time to mesh in the, in the domestic league, the experience that they will get at, uh, you know, in international competitions, the Euro coming up um, in, in 2022, I think will be invaluable. So I, I think that, and, you know, with, with more players that Willie Kirk has time to develop and work with and they, they get acclimated to his system, the better they'll be. And they obviously got a good chance to kind of get get out of the system with the with the United game this week, I guess. Right. Yeah, that'll be that'll be another good one. Um, <laughs> and and I think too, you know, Willie Kirk did an excellent job of of recruitment this summer. They brought in Gavin. They brought in Emsley. Before last season, they brought in uh, Rasso. And so the the recruitment, much like Ancelotti's, um, you know, is has been very shrewd. And and Sorensen was brought in. And, and so these players have taken really well to Goodison. And, and I think that that will continue. And, you know, for upcoming seasons, if, if there are any spots that Kirk deems, you know, areas of need, he'll bring in uh, appropriate players to help fill those gaps. So I'm, you know, it's, again, very disappointing. But, you know, this, this team has all the capabilities to get back to Wembley for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned Ancelotti's recruitment. We'll, we're going to talk about his decisions in a little bit, but we got to take a quick break here, um, but we'll be back after that. All right, we're back now and uh, getting into Everton, the Everton men's match against Newcastle this past weekend. Um, Everton losing to Newcastle 2-1. to one. Callum Wilson um, scoring both goals uh, with uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring the lone um, Everton goal. Uh, five changes this weekend. Um, obviously, some of them enforced um, because of injuries or red cards. Um, Kenny in for Seamus Coleman. Um, and Kunku in on the left for Dean, who will be back this weekend, um, but was out for one game due to that red card. Um, Delph and Gomesh, uh, all in the midfield. Um, and then Olsen in net, who Pickford was dropped. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's start with the midfield. Um, the, this lineup was obviously a little weird. No, Matthew? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what Chelsea was thinking, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, I'm willing to give him a pass because, you know, he's got so much more right than wrong. Um, so... Can't, we can't be too harsh on him, but I don't know. I understand that players like Bernard and Iwobi haven't really taken the chances on the wing, but not not only did he play two central midfielders on the two wings, he played probably our two slowest and most kind of immobile midfielders in Gomez and Sigurdsson. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it looked bizarre. I I thought it might be maybe Fabian Delft at left back and then Niels and Kunku further forward on, on the wing and then maybe like one of, one of the midfielders out wide in Sigurdsson, but and probably Sigurdsson, but it was just a mess. I mean, he had no... It was so like reminiscent of last season, wasn't it, where we just see Everton go through the motions and um, every attack kind of breaks down without Richarlison's dynamism. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I know he scored, but for the most part, he's pretty isolated again. Um, I, I mean, he, I think his problem was here. I think he, he was too cautious and he paid basically too much respect to a Newcastle team, which, you know, have decent players, but they don't really... If you watch Newcastle this season, like we said last week, all they've done really is defend. Because that's the way Steve Bruce sets them up. They're not a particularly progressive, you know, front foot team. And we just afforded them the chance to have a go at us. And we didn't have the sort of firepower in, in response to kind of fight fire with fire in that way, I guess. Um, I think Ancelotti's... I think this one is on Ancelotti, unfortunately. I don't don't get me wrong. I still think he's doing a great job, and you know I love having him as manager. I think he's I think he's brilliant, but um, the midfield certainly cost us in this game, and I don't know what he was trying to do. And for that, I think he has to take the blame for this one, unfortunately. Ian, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think another name to add to that is is it, um, Anthony Gordon. You know, yeah. you if you're looking at pace on the wings, you know you have, you have the players on the bench, and and I think last season definitely highlighted the, how playing Gomez players, especially Gomez and Sigurdsson out of position is detrimental to Everton. Um, you know, when, when they're not in their respective positions, it really hampers the progress of this team. And, and again, yes, you know, he was dealing with several red card suspensions, uh, several untimely injuries, but the, the team selection to have, like you said, Matthew, <laughs> two probably the slowest players on the wings. Um, you know, you're not, inviting forward and it plays right into a defensive Newcastle team when you don't have a whole lot of speed on the wings. So, you know, for me, for me, it's a blip. Um, I, I agree. I think Ancelotti has done a wonderful job and, and just having his level of, of adjustments um, in game and the recruiting, of course, we've talked a lot about that, that he's done for the team, but, uh, but yeah, it was <laughs> definitely some eyebrows were raised when the, when the team sheet came out and uh, Sigurdsson and, and Gomez were in there. I can understand why he starts these players because I think he trusts them more for their experience. I think, um, you know, Anthony Gordon, I really like, but he's very raw still, I think, isn't he? Um, a lot to learn. But mm-hmm. like we said before, I think like Pete, Pete Reynolds obviously keeps banging the drum for Gordon in his projected 11s and things, keeps saying that, you know, he is our, our most natural replacement for a Charleston, I think. And Probably the only other sort of uh, out and out, maybe even the only out and out winger we've got because I don't think Bernard is, I don't think Iwobi is, and I don't really think maybe Richarlison is in some ways. When you watch Richarlison, he cuts, he drifts inside, doesn't he? He goes, you know, he wants to score goals. He doesn't want to get chalk on his boots on the wing, does he? Anthony Gordon will stretch the stretch the play, I think, and and you know, and look to go down the flanks a bit more than Richarlison does. Um, Andre Gomez didn't do that at all. I thought Andre Gomez was probably the worst individual performance from any Everton player this season, I would say. Um, and I really like Gomez, and I feel sorry for him because he's obviously not been the same player since his injury. Um, and I think that, even before that, was, the league is too slow for him, I think, Gomez. And I think without the protection of the two midfielders in Allen and Decore, he gets exposed. Um, 
And playing playing him on the wing is just it's not doing him any favors either. Sorry, Gino, you're going to say. No, yeah, I think that it's. I think I saw something. Maybe I maybe I was um, misunderstanding it, but I think Gomez. They said that he also has a little injury problem as well. Um, so that may okay. have also played into this past performance. Obviously, he's had some rough performances in past weeks. So um, I don't know how long this has been bothering him. Um, yeah, but he, sh- he shouldn't. He shouldn't play if he's injured. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, Especially know, when you've got more able deputies in. Like I said, Bernardo will be a good Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I know. I totally agree with that. And and um, you know, with Anthony Gordon, you know, I don't know what. Like you said, it's got to be something with experience because it feels like every time Anthony Gordon steps on the field for Everton, he puts in a good performance and is very you know attack minded going forward, attacking uh, you know the you know the right right or left back, whichever side he's on, you know attacking players down those flanks. Um, but there must be something that Ancelotti wants out of him that he's not getting out of him. And, and you know, probably that's, I guess, why he's not playing. But, um, you know, from our point of view, it's still, you know, playing these guys over him seems seems a little crazy when he could easily fill in and, and offer, you know, similar things, like you said, um, Richarlison. Um, you know, obviously Everton, like we've mentioned, not a great performance. Um Calvert-Lewin was isolated again, did get the goal, which is good for him because for him to get goals, even when he is isolated, even when he's not seen a lot of the ball, at least we can keep him going. Um, obviously, again, when you have, you know, multiple first-team players missing and those first-team players being, like, the best half of your team, it's going to hurt you. So, um, you know, obviously, we talked about, we've talked about depth a lot. That's showing more and more to be an issue here with this team um, with some of the injury problems we have. Um, obviously, you can't fix all the problems. So, you know, this was, you know, probably going to be the one thing that we were going to have a problem with going into the season. And, you know, we trust Ancelotti, I think, to get this problem figured out by next transfer window, considering how good of a business he did um, in this past transfer window. But um, still disappointing, nonetheless, to see that performance. Um, obviously, the outside backs, Coleman and Dean, were out. Thoughts on Niels and Kunku and Kenny, Matthew? Uh, I don't think either of them did any – gave Ancelotti a particular headache. I thought on Kunku was, okay, was all right, but um, his delivery was kind of lacking. I think a lot of them, you know, hit the first man or didn't really penetrate Newcastle's defence, which – you know, you can forgive him for because it's his Premier League debut, but um, with Dean's suspension having been reduced to one game, obviously, this week, I think everyone expects him to come back for United. I don't know how far James Cotton is from coming back, but I'd like to see him back um, soon as well because I think John Joe Kenny is just not... He's not a modern day... He's not... James Coleman, I know he does a lot more defending now than he used to be, but he's still offers Everton something from an attacking sense. We saw that, was it Crystal Palace where he set off Calvert-Lewin's goal, I think. Um, and I just think John Joe Kenny reminds me of Tony Hibbert, which isn't a bad thing because I think Tony Hibbert was a brilliant defender on his day, but he's just not, not kind of multi, multi-faceted enough, I guess you could say, for a, like a modern-day Premier League fullback. I don't think he's quick enough either. Um to, to do that, to do what he wants to do. Um, 
Because you obviously look at him and he tries to drive forward, but I just don't think he has the pace to do that, uh, or the end product, really. Um, so, you know, he was not Evans' worst player. He was far from Evans' worst player. If you see the kind of gulf between him and Coleman. Uh, and I think just going back to Gordon and maybe a lack of faith in him as a youngster, I think maybe you saw that in the two fullbacks as well. Um, by the, the fact that Ancelotti took both of them off and seemingly put central midfielders at fullback instead as Everton kind of chased the game with uh, Delph and, well, I don't even know who played right back. Was it Decore? I think, maybe? I'm not sure, but yeah, just, neither of them really, I don't think, will have given Ancelotti a lot to, to think about this week. Uh, Ian, anything uh, to add to that? Yeah, and no, I, I think that those are all great points. Um, I, I thought that at times Nkunku was perhaps Everton's best player on the wing going forward. And, you know, he's, he's had some good games in, in the Carabao Cup and, and looked dangerous and had some, some marauding runs. And he even, he even played that back heel um, against, well, it might have been Salford, I can't remember. But, but he, he's looked good. And, and so I thought that him getting his Premier League start, you know, of course, Dean was out with, with the suspension. And, and so I, I thought that overall it was, it was a good performance. But like you said, Matthew, no way that it's, it's good enough to supplant Dean on, on the left. And, and Kenny, you know, I mean, he was, he was loaned out to Schalke, spent, had, had a pretty good spell at Schalke, yeah. came back, um, you know, and, 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 but, but again, you know, he's not, he's not doing anything to take the place of Coleman if Coleman is fit. And so, you know, whether it's between Godfrey and, Kenny on the right, I mean, Godfrey looked <laughs> pretty green against Southampton, which was curious because he spent a season with Norris, so he he had Premier League. You know, it wasn't like he's new to the Prem. Um, so Played I don't out know. position, though, didn't he? I think he, could he did, yeah. right. Yeah. As a natural center back, the you know, right back position isn't great for him. Um, but, you know, it's – I don't know who the is, – is it Kenny? Do you play Godfrey out of position? But I, I agree. I thought that Kenny, you know, he doesn't – doesn't offer much going forward. So defensively, if you can, if you hope that he can contain his, his forward, then, then you're doing okay. So. Could you, could you play Tom Davies there? I mean, you played them there. I mean, no, but I mean, he played them there against Brighton didn't he, at the end. Yeah, he did. He dropped back. I just, for me, I talking about pace, I, I've never been super inspired by Tom Davies's pace. So I think mm. on, on, as a right back, that'd be, yeah. just for the for the opposition to attack him at that point um no, but i don't think possible. kenny yeah sorry go on no no i was i was done I, was, I don't think kenny is is so terrible that we need to kind of look for other people to deputize for coleman i just think you saw on on sunday the the ways in which he is you know an, an inferior fullback to coleman i think yeah and, and i mean he's he's a serviceable right back yeah. right so he can yeah, play, he'll get, get the job done, but, you know, will he go forward? Will he be creating goals? Probably not. I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think John Joe Kenny is the right back of the future, though. So I think that right back should be somebody who is a position we're looking at in terms of getting a player in that can be that right back of the future, that can do the things that Coleman does, because um, I just I don't see John Joe Kenny as, as the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that you know, each time he goes out there, you know, like you said, he's serviceable there. He can do the job, but he doesn't add what we need from that position or what we get from Coleman. Um, so I think that's, um, you know, maybe something we should look at. Uh, maybe not our top priority, uh, but I think it's near the top of the list uh, come next summer. Um, if 
things keep moving in this direction. Um, another position which, you know, had a lot of transfer buzz was goalkeeper, and this week it caused a lot of buzz because Ancelotti dropped Pickford, Pickford for, I believe, the first time in his Premier League career. Um, so for Everton, yeah. For Everton, yeah. At least, yeah. Um, Olsen taking in or taking over. Ian, what was your, what was your thoughts on, on him? I mean, I, you know, again, talk about, you know, raised eyebrows at the team sheet, you know, seeing Olsen's name penciled in, you think that, you know, you have a midweek game against United and, you know, Ancelotti before and after the game was adamant in, in stating that it was to rest Pickford. Um, Tim Howard had a couple things to say on the, uh, on, you know, EPL morning live and you don't, you know, goalkeepers don't need rest. You don't need to drop them. Um, and so it was interesting because, you know, he says that he's resting him. He says that Pickford's going to come back in. He says that Pickford's his guy. But Olsen had a, had a solid game. You know, I mean, one penalty and, and the second goal, you know, took a deflection off of Yerry Mina's leg and, and, and Olsen, you know, flipped over his head, couldn't do much about it. And he had a great save on um, St. Maximin. So, you know, I think he, you know, Ancelotti was really hoping going into the game, well, maybe I can sell this, you know, this uh, whole I'm resting Pickford you know spiel but Olsen played really well and so I think a lot of people are now calling for well you know maybe Olsen deserves to have that starting role and and I think that it's uh, made life a little bit more difficult for Ancelotti than he probably initially hoped for but I I think that you know if, if you look at who's in form Pickford just you know I think Matthew you wrote it in one of your pieces he, you know he looks like Homer Simpson just waiting to push the button you know waiting to make a mistake you know anytime the ball goes back it's either you know, is he going to kick it out of bounds? You know, is he going to make a mistake? Is he going to drop the ball? You know, and so maybe you ride the hot hand of Olsen. And, and I think that Olsen definitely gave Ancelotti some things to think about this weekend. Well, you'd like to think so, but then, you know, he said pretty much that people would just drop because he's tired mentally. And which you can understand because of the Derby fallout, which has been pretty, pretty shameful. And, you know, the fact that he's needed security around his house or thing, whatever. And, and sent death threats and things like that. It's pretty horrible to deal with, obviously, yeah. um, for him and his family. And in a game against Newcastle, in which, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, there are no fans there. He's already had his, his... Yeah. But, but I don't know why Ancelotti was so keen to say afterwards that, that Pickford will definitely be back for United. And he made this... I mean, he made the point that he, he has had a history of Chopping and changing goalkeepers. Well, not chopping and changing, but you know, giving deputy goalkeepers uh, a game every now and then. But I mean, Jordan Pickford hasn't had a good. And you can take as many mitigating factors as you want, and I understand that. Jordan Pickford has not had a good season. He did not have a good season last year. And okay, it's one game. Um, but I thought Robin Olsen couldn't really do much more. Thought the save he made from Sam Maximum. Was spot on. Maybe the kind of save you'd think Pickford would make because he's quite good with those one-on-one sort of reflex, not reflex saves, but you know, um, I think I like Tottenham game where he made those saves. Anyway, uh, so Olsen, great save there. Great save from Longstaff, I think it was from close range as well. Um, and I thought also he had a better command of his penalty box than Pickford did. There's one corner I think where I noticed Olsen because I watched it without the crowd noise and you can, and you can hear. Him, him shout for it and then he claimed it uh, really authoritatively and uh, you know, that was the end of the, the danger from Newcastle there. 
So I don't understand why Ancelotti is so, I guess, um, you know, so certain that in, in his, you know, I don't see why he needs to bring Pickford back so hastily, to be honest. I think maybe a few games out at least might do him good. Um, and, you know, we've, we've not just brought also in to sit on the bench. I mean, he said also will play for us again, but I, w- yeah, I would certainly yeah. be tempted to stick with him for United. Yeah, and in, in Pete's, Pete's um, five telling stats this past week, he did mention Olsen and, and, you know, how terrific he was. Uh, you know, just some stats that he posted in here. 23 total touches, two saves, one big chance saved, one claim. Um, in terms of passing, he had six attempted long balls. Four of them were successful. Um, two recoveries. So, you know, he had a pretty solid performance overall. Um, and you're right. I mean, maybe Pickford could use a few a few games and just see how Olsen can do. I mean, it's not like Olsen did anything to – whereas no. in the cases of Niels and Kunku or, or John Joe Kenny where, you know, they're not causing Ancelotti any headaches this coming week with Dean coming back and, you know, whenever Coleman comes back. Um, you know, I don't know. Olsen played a pretty solid game. You know, it's not like the saves that – or the goals that went in Pickford would have saved. Um, so I don't know. I think it would be a good idea to maybe stick with him and give him a shot. Um, I guess we'll see, you know, Ancelotti, I guess has had a little bit of a history of telling us one thing and then going the other way. Uh, example, Hamas Rodriguez. Um, so maybe that changes. Um, but you know, uh, I thought Olsen, Olsen was good and, you know, I think it's, um, you know, something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, I guess really the last big talking point that we haven't touched on yet, um, the penalty for Newcastle, um, Gomez uh, foul on Wilson. Matthew, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the penalty? Was it a penalty? Yeah. Uh, I've got no complaints about it. It's it's a lazy leg, which he doesn't need to. Sort of, uh, he, not, he doesn't lash out, but he just doesn't need to, doesn't need to do that. Um, and Wills wasn't going anywhere either, was he? He was going away from goal, so <sighs> kind of rounded off a really poor day for Gomez, um, and just kind of it looked like the action of someone who's either really frustrated or really tired, or both, and he probably knows that he's not playing well. Um, so yeah, no complaints for me about that. No complaints for the result either. Um, Ian, yeah, I totally agree. You know, an errant leg yeah. through the back of Wilson. Um, I thought it was funny how afterwards, you know, Gomez came up and he, he was limping too. And, you know, kind of one of those instances where maybe you try to sell, oh, well, I'm hurt too. So there's no way it can be a foul. Um, but yeah, definite penalty. No, no quibbles with that. Um, it was, you know, poor challenge. And, uh, and you know, it, it, it gave him a goal. So no, no quibbles for me. Yeah. Can I, can I say one more thing about this game? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Which is, um, I think, you know, we lost this because A, our midfield was wrong and B, we missed four key players. But uh, one player we haven't talked about who I just want to bring up is Yerry Mina. Um, I think he's really struggled actually the last few games. Um, certainly the derby was shaky. I thought second Newcastle goal, he was to blame for that. Um, and I'm not sure he and Michael, I've said this before, but I really don't think him and Michael Keane work as a partnership because they're too similar. They're both pretty slow, um, immobile defenders. Which is fine in isolation, but I think together they, they don't complement each other well. And I think we're starting to see that now. And I think the Syrian Mason Holgate, or maybe even Ben Godfrey, is back 
obviously Branthwaite on the bench on Sunday, but the sooner got Holgate or God, Godfrey or Barker, the better, I think. I like Mina, but he, just, he doesn't work with Key. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm looking forward to when Mason Holgate can get back. I think, um, you know, I'm looking forward to having a fully healthy team. You know, obviously we haven't seen Holgate in with the, <laughs> the, the squad that won those first few matches. So, um, you know, we don't, we don't really know what he can add to the team. And, you know, obviously we haven't had a clean sheet in, I don't know, have we had one this year? Um, in, Tottenham, really? Tottenham. Tottenham, yes. Tottenham yeah, in, in the first there. match. Um, but since then, haven't had a clean sheet. So, um, you know, obviously would like to see Holgate. He brings a pace to the defense that neither Yerry Mina nor Michael Keane has, um, which I think helps. And he commands that role at the center back. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting him back. Do we have an up like an updated injury timeline for him? Is there anything on that? Uh, the whole gate? Yeah. I think after the international break. I think. Gotcha. So right, following well, away he'll be. Yeah. Uh, hopefully for that game he'll be back. Uh, and he would go straight back in for me. Yep, yep. No, yeah, I, I, I think he would go straight back in um, as well. Um, well, that makes it two losses and a draw in Everton's last – Three games. Next up, they have Manchester United. Before we get into that, we're going to take a little, another quick break, but we'll be back with the preview after that. All right, we're back with the Everton uh, Man United preview to wrap things up here. Um, obviously, that match will take place this Saturday, November 7th, 12.30 p.m. UK time, 7.30 over here on the East Coast of the United States. Um, Man United in the Premier League so far, they're 15th, not having a great season by um, their standards at all. Um, they've played six, they've won two, they've drawn one, and they lost three. They lost one nothing at home to Arsenal this past Sunday. Um, last season, we, we drew with them. It was 1-1 draws, both home and away. Ferguson was in charge at Old Trafford. Um, you know, VAR overruled in infamous infamous fashion, the late winner at Goodison. Um, we are also hosting United in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal next month, so good preview for that as well. Obviously, um, I'm going to preface all of this by saying no matter what happens in this week, there's about three players that probably still will be out on, you know, when that – or this weekend – who will probably end up playing in the quarterfinal. So can't read too much into it, I guess, but still a good test for our players. Um, Matthew, we'll start with you. Thoughts on United? I don't understand United. Like, they've got, they've got such good individual players. Um, you know, Bruno Fernandes being the pick of them, I guess. Marcus Rashford um, has really come on. Even, you know, Greenwood's still pretty young, but scored a ton of goals last season. Um, the Gay and Maguire, obviously not in the best of spells for them, but they're still, you know, the Gay's at his best was one of the best goalkeepers in the world, Maguire, good centre back. But and then you know that you see them go and beat Paris Saint Germain away, or thrash Leipzig five 0 last week. Um, and you know it looks like they all it's like really coming together. You know, Paul Pogba, another one. I forgot to say, you know, again, brilliant player if you get the best out of him, but. And then you see him at home to Arsenal Sunday and he gives away a stupid penalty, which is even more pathetic than Gomez. Um, 
And you know, it just looked ordinary. It looked so slow and sort of ponderous. Um, so I don't, I find them really hard to predict because either you get this kind of really aggressive, um, potent outfit, um, or you get this really sort of porous uh, side that is so easy to get at, like you saw against um, Tottenham in that 6-1 particularly, or the Crystal Palace game when they lost 3-1 at home. Um, so I think this is I think this is a game we should be um, maybe even marking on as a must-win, considering the last two, considering United starts the season. Um, but it's quite clear that they are, you know, slightly slightly better anyway away from home than they have been at home so far this season. So um, something to look out for. But I think United are certainly, ever, you know, they're a very beatable team, aren't they? So. I don't think there's much in the way of you know things we should fear about United here. Yeah, I, I think just um, real quick, I think one of the things to look at too is um, in those five that five nothing win over Leipzig, the the two one win over PSG. Those are midweek games for them. You know they've had a pretty packed schedule, whereas some of the teams are playing on the weekend. Um, Arsenal, for example, not as packed. Chelsea dealing with the same schedule, so maybe it's not as much there. They do have another midweek game this week. It'll be interesting to see who they trot out. Obviously, it's probably the worst of the it's the worst of the three team, three other teams in their group in their Champions League in Istanbul. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. even gonna attempt to uh, pronounce that one. Um, so that will be interesting. That's tomorrow. Um, so they have to and they are when? that's over in Istanbul. So they'll have to travel there and then come back for the early game on Sunday, um, or Saturday, excuse me. So a little bit of a quick turnaround for them, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up. Um, but Ian, uh, sorry to cut you off there. Um, what are your thoughts on Man United? Yeah, I mean, evidently it's a mercurial squad. They, you know, they have a minus four goal differential, which you know, with with you know the 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 form seems to come and go with these players. You know, Maguire will have a good game, and then he'll look terrible. The partnership with Lindelof will look good, and then you know they'll they'll fizzle out. Sean Basaka going forwards, uh, Sean Juan Basaka on the, on the wings going on as, as the backs going forward. Um, and, and like you say, the attacking players that they have, um, you know, in Rashford and Marshall Greenwood, um, you know, Pogba is another player who sometimes seems to show up and other times doesn't. And, and I think that it's a fair point to look at the schedule. And, and I think another point, maybe, you know, the the psyche of the team is is you know Ole the right guy for the job. I mean they're getting results in the Champions League, but in the league you know uh, <laughs> pretty bad loss to Arsenal. And so I, I think mentally the team is is pretty fragile. And I'm not sure that Ole is the right guy to inspire the team uh, to get consistent results. And I think you see that in the form of the players. Um, you know one week they'll be on, and the other you know and the next they'll <laughs> lose to Crystal Palace. Um, so. I, I think that for for Everton looking in going into this game, it's a game to exploit the for me the mental weaknesses of of United and and look for a victory. Yeah. Also, on the turnaround in in uh, fixtures, it's quite interesting listening to uh, Leon Osman was on the radio this weekend talking about um, obviously Chelsea played Krasnodar on Wednesday last week, I think, or Tuesday. Yeah, and so then, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, and then. Um, they played Burnley away on Saturday, um, and they had Osman talking about 
when he when he went to Krasnodar with Everton in the Europa League under Martinez, which was a Thursday uh, evening game. Yeah. And then Everton played um, Manchester United away actually the following Sunday at twelve o'clock. So that's a you know really quick turnaround in games. Um, and yeah. he said Everton were you know really leggy and tired, and we lost two one. And he he said we probably deserve to lose by more to be honest. Um, obviously, Turkey is not the same as Russia, but it's a similarly, you know, long and probably exhaustive journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, we've got, and half half kick off on a Saturday again. It's a really quick turnaround for United. Um, we've obviously got a full week off, so you would hope maybe that's a kind of marginal gain that Everton will look to exploit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know. In terms of how we line up this weekend, what are we thinking? Matthew, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Dean definitely back in. Any, uh, you know, yep. other changes you see? Well, I would stick with Olsen, but I don't expect him to. So, um, I imagine people will come back in, if we're going off what you said. Um, and then just, you know, the regulars, really. You know, if Coleman's back, I'd play Coleman. If not, John Joe Kenny. Um... The midfield, the third midfield is going to be interesting because I think Allen and Decore probably still, you know, get in, even though they're probably maybe not had their best few games. Neither has anyone really, but last few yeah. games have been their best. I don't know who else you play. Um, I mean, Andrew Gomez on on form doesn't deserve yeah. to keep his place. Guilty Sigurdsson, I don't think should start games. I think he's he's all right off the bench, but not for me as a starter. Send it down to Fabian Delph or Davies or maybe playing Bernard as a ten or something like that. So I don't know. Who would you go for? I don't. I'm. I don't know. Maybe maybe Rodriguez. I don't know. And maybe play. I mean, it'll never happen. But maybe Gordon on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charleston, but I don't know. That, that third midfield spot is kind of the most up for grabs. I think. You could even play Ben Godfrey. You could even maybe play Ben Godfrey there. You know, if he's fit. played there, obviously we talked to the guys who've watched him for, and he, I know it's at a lower level, but he played there for Shrewsbury all season and was fantastic there. So, um, my mate Alex, the Norwich fan, says he he, th- he still thinks his best position is defensive midfielder, despite him playing at centre back. So, maybe playing Godfrey there's something to think about. I don't know. I'm really I I'm torn on this third midfielder. I really it's like it's like picking the least worst option, isn't it? I think. Ian, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, I, I think you have the the places on the team that are, are pretty cemented, you know, just with what uh, what players Ancelotti has with Keane and Mina and I think Decor and Alon definitely, you know, Calvert-Lewin up top. And then, you know, he kind of has to mix and match different players and, you know, whoever is in best is in the best form, um, which is not many players. But I agree, maybe you give it to Bernard. Um, I I'm an, always an advocate for speed on the wings, um, which has been greatly lacking in recent games. So can Gordon come in? You know, Bernard has looked good as a 10 in the middle, granted in the Carabao Cup, yeah. um, you know, kind of pulling the strings against, you know, third and fourth tier teams. So, you know, against the United midfield, um, I don't know how well he'd do, but it's like Matthew says, it's it's not the options that Ancelotti does have at his disposal don't, you know, don't inspire a whole lot of confidence, but, you know, maybe throw Bernard in there. We've talked a lot about Gordon. Um, can you get there? Wobie's form hasn't been great, but he, he was able to provide the assist uh, for Calvert-Lewin's goal. So, you know, maybe he can come in and bring a spark. Um, but I think it's really just kind of 
mixing and matching and plugging the holes until the regulars get back um, from injury and suspension. Yeah, I mean, the, I would agree. I, I think the creativity is something, obviously, we lacked this past weekend and something we need to look for. So, I mean, I would love to see Bernard probably in that central midfield role with Rodriguez still at the wing. And then, of course, as we keep begging Ancelotti, Gordon out on the other wing. Um, the one issue I would have with Bernard is that is his size against a pretty tall man and physical Manchester United midfield with Matic and Pogba and Fred and Fernandez. McTominay. McTominay. Yeah. You know, those guys are, are big dudes, physical dudes. Um, so that would be the one question I would have with Bernard in terms of being able to keep up with the physicality there. Um, but again, like you said, he did perform, but he performed against lower level sides. So we really don't know what he can do against those higher sides. And then, you know, if you do do that, you're probably only getting 60 minutes out of him. So, you, you know, you probably put a Gomesh in defensively if we're in the lead or something like that. So, um, you know, obviously create some other issues there. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Dean definitely back on the left. Like you said, the midfield is a toss-up, I think. <laughs> I think the midfield is a toss-up. Not really sure how we line up there. Um, but we will uh, we'll see what Ancelotti goes with. I don't think he's going to be going with the five central midfielders again, though. So um, it didn't seem like that. Would you maybe, worked. Well, did you maybe give 4-4-2 four, four again, like last season? Who would be your second striker? Well, Alan DeCorey in midfield, Rodriguez... Uh, assuming he's got over his sore private parts, as his you know injury, uh, you know has been now disclosed. Um, yes, Alan Decore central, central midfield, Rodriguez right wing, Charleston Calvert Lewin up front, and then I don't know who left wing. I mean, I, I would say Gordon, but then you know, do you trust? Do you expect well, Ancelotti to play him? Probably not. But well, we still don't have for Charleston back for this game, no. Oh, sorry. Still, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Dean. Um, I, I, sorry, I confused him with Dean because oh, yeah. obviously Dean's got one game on. Michelle's and still got another game. Yeah. No, scrap that. Don't don't do four four two. Believe me, I, don't I would love. Watch. I think we would all love for Charleston not to have sorry. one more game. <laughs> yeah, no. We don't be... want to watch Charleston start. Yeah, no. Um, well, another thing. To, another thing to add. I mean, they won't do the four four two. But if you're looking for a second striker. You know, imagine what having Keane back would be, you know? I mean, he's, he's obviously been pretty good with PSG. Granted, the, the competition is much less, but just throwing it out there. I mean, he's, he's been pretty good for PSG on, on his loan spell. And, I mean, with the lack of depth that Everton have, you know, just food for thought. Yeah. yeah. I guess, again, it's a question of whether Ancelotti trusts him, you know, yeah, with Gordon I, and all those other young kids. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we saw last year, I mean, he went with the four four two week in, week out, and, and consistently went with Richarlison over the – the true striker and keen up top with uh, Calvert-Lewin. So, I mean, obviously maybe his mind has changed a little bit since seeing him perform against other, you know, in other, in the, in, in, in league, league one. Um, but, um, but yeah. Um, predictions for this, this weekend, Ian, we'll start with you. Yeah. I, I think that midweek game hurts United, but I think Everton's, uh, you know, recent results in, in games also hurts them. I'm going to go for a one, one draw. I don't think either team is coming into this, you know, 100%. And, and I think both teams are a little bit weak at the moment. So I'm going a 1-1 draw. Matthew? Um, I will I'll say 2-2 because I think um, 
I think it'll be more high-scoring than maybe you know the usual match because of you know the way Premier League is this season. But even with Dean back, even with possibly Rodriguez back, I think we're still missing, our, in my opinion, our best player in Richarlison, our most important player in Richarlison anyway, um, as well as Coleman, who offers so much protection at right back and so much kind of leadership, I guess. Well, I don't know, the most amount of leaders, you know, the biggest leader we've got. So, I I would like to think we can win this game. I just can't. I can't bring myself to to go for another win. Unfortunately, I'll go two two. Yeah, no, I'm in the same. I think we're all in the same boat. Um, you know, obviously it would be, you know, in normal circumstances with a full team. I think we beat Man United the way they've been playing. I think we are definitely better than them. I think that with Richarlison. I mean, we're just, I think we, we just have, have a quality that um, that would be able to handle this United team, especially after that midweek game without Richarlison with, you know, still some injuries up in the air, who's going to play, who's not going to play. I'm going to go, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with Ian, I think 1-1, one, one. Um, partially because, you know, I don't know if our defense is, I mean, Arsenal's defense is you know they're they're good they're not great and they held Man United scoreless at the weekend. Chelsea's defense is awful, and they held Man United scoreless the week before that. Um, so you know I think you know I don't trust us to get a clean sheet, but I think one one probably is um, you know sufficient. I think that's probably what what will end up happening. Um, but again, I don't think any of us, any Everton fan out there right now, is predicting a win uh, just because of some of the injuries that. Or, or the suspensions that we're dealing with right now. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this up? That's all for me. Uh, I think just, you know, really important game. Fulham away the next game after that is not one that you want to go into kind of needing a win because then the pressure is really on for you. So, um, obviously, you'd expect Evans to win that, but you don't want to go in with that kind of pressure. Um, you know, through already three games of that win, so... You know, after winning four in a row, let's, let's not go four without a win. So, um, fingers crossed Ancelotti picks a better team. <laughs> I don't want to be too critical of him, but, you know, um, hopefully he sets us up in a more attack-minded fashion, I guess, against United, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see how he, how he sets up. Um, you know, fingers crossed for at least a good, solid performance from from Everton, a performance that, you know, at least gets you belief that we're headed back in the right direction, you know, turning things back around after a couple defeats, um, you know, for you guys out there, just make sure you continue to subscribe, get this episode each week when it comes out, follow us on Twitter, um, you know, follow the Royal Blue Mersey page as well. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next week.